We are in a new sermon series in which we're looking at the seven I am statements from Jesus. Now, in John's gospel, there are seven definitive times in which Jesus says I am. There's an eighth time also that some argue whether or not it's one of the I am statements. So I encourage you, there's a little assignment. Google that and make your own decision whether you think that there are seven or eight I am statements. The important thing is that Jesus, these different times, uses the phrase I am is more than just the introduction to a sentence. It's how he identifies himself. You see, in the Old Testament, when Moses stands before a burning bush, and in that burning bush, he has an experience with God, so much so that he's told to take off his sandals because the very ground upon which he's walking is holy. Moses says to God, what name should I call you by? And God's response is, I am. I am that I am. God was expressing many things in that statement, one of which is that God is just simply being. God is just there. One theologian calls God the ground of our being, the ultimate essence of that which is ultimate that we can't even fathom and comprehend. And so we come to terms with understanding God in these mysterious ways that become our understanding of who God is, but our minds can't fully fathom who God is. We're human and finite, and God is infinite, and wisdom and mercy and love. But now in the life of Jesus, God becomes human, and that's a mystery also that is hard to comprehend. How does God become one of us? But he does. And in the person of Jesus, the second person of the triune God, Jesus walks among us and becomes one of us and feels our pain, goes through our hurts, goes through our needs, and in so doing is able to make that ultimate of all sacrifices for us on the cross. But different times recorded in John's gospel, Jesus identifies his deity as he says, I am. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I'm the living water. In today's text, he says in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This word light, not just I am light, but light itself is used 21 times in John's gospel. It is a powerful concept when we think of our own lives of how important light is because it's light that allows us to see. If we were in utter darkness, we couldn't see anything. We wouldn't know anything that was around us. But ultimately, because Jesus is the light of the world, he doesn't want us to live in what we would call spiritual darkness or darkness in any of our relationships with ourselves or with others. I remember as a kid, one time I was talking to my father, and, and I mentioned to him how loud our family was. And I said, you know, Dad, I noticed some other families, they just don't seem to be sort of out there the way we Cushings are. And he talked to me a little bit more about it. What do you mean? And I said, well, we argue and we're loud. Um, I, we didn't quite have to shut the windows, but sometimes as a kid, you know, you can almost feel that way when there's when there's vocal arguments and discussions in our home. My grandmother one time said she liked actually visiting our home because she was hard of hearing and it was the only place that she didn't have to wear a hearing aid. My father's response was interesting. 
He said, never apologize for being loud or being out there or for being kind of an open book so that people have some understanding of how your life is or, or in a family so that people understand who we are. He says, I more get concerned when people become closed and you don't know what's going on at all. And he said, you learn as you go through life that sometimes things that on the outside look okay are so hidden and families are so closed that you just become amazed when all of a sudden you discover that there's all these problems that never saw the light of day. I've thought about that many times over the years. I don't apologize for the fact that Cushing's are open people. We talk about who we are. We, we express our opinions. I, I know that now my wife and daughter-in-law sometimes wish we were a little quieter, especially when little Ruby's trying to take a nap. It, we have to be careful not to wake her up. But most importantly, we are who we are. And that's what God wants us to be. You see, secrets can be very dangerous. I've learned a little saying that I often like to say, which is, we are as sick as our secrets. We're as sick as our secrets. If we shut down and don't let anyone in and don't let the light of day come into our life and don't let God's light permeate our lives, we hold things in darkness, and that does not do us any good. And so this morning, I want to consider what it means that Jesus is the light of the world. What's it mean for us? What's it mean that we follow the one who illuminates the darkness of this world and the darkness of our life? The first thing is we discover that, that light, and here we're talking about Jesus, reveals what can harm us and others. If we really think about light, it, it makes it so we don't get hurt. If we were all stumbling around in darkness, we wouldn't know what was out there, and we would run into a lot of things, both spiritually and also physically. Spiritually, we will mess things up if we're left in our own darkness. Too often, people think that Jesus wants to take our fun away, and that's really not what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't want to take our fun away. He wants to reveal to us the things in our lives that are good and the things in our lives that need to be changed, the attitudes in our life that we need to work on, and the things that we need to celebrate. Quite the opposite is true. Jesus wants to keep us safe. God wants us to have openness and transparency. Even now, as we're talking about this whole thing with COVID-19, what is the one thing that we're trying to do as a society is get more testing out so we can figure out where this virus exists and who's ill and who isn't. Because keeping it all secret and people not knowing makes life much worse. So once we get to openness and once we get to light, we start living the way Jesus wants us to live. He's the light of the world. Years ago, I was a freshman in college, had just finished my freshman year, and, and I was in California, and I got to hike with some friends a mountain called Mount Talak. Now, my friends and I were not from California, and we'd never hiked this mountain before, and it was a beautiful day. We enjoyed our way up there. I remember having my Bible and having this just awesome devotional time. And now it was time to leave, and the sun started going down, and all of a sudden we realized none of us had flashlights. We didn't have a map. We knew the way, the trail up, the trail down. We finally got lost coming down the mountain. All of a sudden we didn't know where we were. We weren't sure if we were on a trail, off a trail. I finally got so angry and frustrated, I literally sat down on a rock and said, I'm not moving. My friend said, what do you mean? I go, I'm not going anywhere. And they go, well, you're going to have to go. You can't like live the rest of your life on this mountain. So... 
in a rather disgruntled, angry, tired, dark state, I and the rest of my friends fumbled our way down the mountain. When we finally got down to where it started to get level, having been scratched and, and tripped a few times and just having a horrible end of a day, we saw a light ahead and it was like a little convenience store gas station and we made our way there and once we got there we now knew we were safe but we didn't know where we were at all and, and there was a car in the parking lot that we went over and found the person who owned the car and they knew how to get us back to where we need to go and we all got in the car and, and got back safely. But that experience, that feeling of just being lost and and not knowing what was out there and tripping and being in darkness is a horrible way to live. This is what can happen in our life when we have behaviors that we don't let see the light of day. When our lives become just a closed book. When we're not willing to accept the fact that Jesus is the light of this world and that light wants to penetrate into our homes, into our families, into our relationships. That's why we're going to be doing a study with families about parenting so we can talk about where we fail, where we're doing well, how we can improve, how we can have Christian parents in Faith Community Church that do the best job we can to be the best families and the best parents. Think of the very setting. If you look at when Jesus says these words in John 8, 12, look what comes right before it. It's one of the most famous stories of the Gospels. It's the story of the woman who's caught in adultery. Now, we know that she obviously had a secret life that she didn't want others to know about, and obviously there was a man who was involved, and he had a secret life that he didn't want to anybody to know anything about. But the story doesn't end there. The woman is literally dragged out in front of Jesus, and they want to stone her to death, and they ask Jesus to throw the stones. And, of course, Jesus, knowing that darkness is something in everybody's life, kneels down on the ground, and he starts drawing in the sand. I often wonder what Jesus was writing. Was he writing some of the things that people did in their own lives that they didn't want anybody else to know? Did he write about some bad relationships that people had there that they would be just shocked and appalled if anybody else found out about? Scribbling in the sand, words that came close to home with those who wanted to stone this woman, Jesus then says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. You see, what Jesus wants to do is bring to light that we all do things wrong. We all are human. We all fail. We all sin. We all don't live up to perfection. And we all need to change our behaviors. Because our behaviors hurt ourselves and they hurt others. They offend God and they separate us from God. But once we can allow Jesus to be the light of this world and to come into our lives and to show us where we need to improve, show us where we need to change, show us where we need forgiveness, show us where we need to be con quit being condemning of others, show us where we need to extend grace and mercy and forgiveness to others, those behaviors that are so negative in our lives can start to get changed because Jesus reveals to us what can harm us and what can harm others. He was absolutely concerned about this woman, but he was concerned about everybody who was there that day because these negative, judgmental people needed to understand 
that their behavior, their attitudes, the ways in which they whispered among themselves and told secrets about others was not a healthy and a good thing to do. Jesus, the light of this world, the light which helps us to see and reveal the things that can harm us and harm others. But that's not the only thing that light does. Light also can show us a path. We think about it, that's the purpose of a flashlight. That's, I, I often, when I teach on this passage, if I'm doing it with a Bible study, I remind people we live in a world that we don't really exist in the kind of darkness that they did in Jesus' day. Because everywhere we go, there are, there are street lights and there are headlights, and it's almost impossible to get away from light. It's hard to go and find a place that's utterly dark outside, but that's not how it was in Jesus' day. In Jesus' day, if you were especially out at night, you needed something to show your path. In verse 20 of our passage, we're even told the very location of where Jesus does his teaching, and it's at the temple, right by the place where they had the treasury, where people would bring their money. Now, they probably did what I'm about to tell you so they could make sure that people could figure out how to bring their money to the treasury, but what they had there were these two large golden lampstands, right where Jesus was speaking. And upon those golden lampstands, they had many lamps. They were lit so that the evening sacrifice could be made during the Feast of the Tabernacles. But the lights were so bright from all of these candles and and burning um, torches that they had there that it lit everything around the area so people could safely make their way to the treasury and safely make their way to get back home. And Jesus, in the midst of a place where people were seeing light that lit their path, declared himself to be the light of the world. He was declaring himself to be the spiritual light in front of physical light. Because there are times in your life and my life when we don't know where we're headed. We don't know what's coming next. We don't know what we're going to be doing a year from now. Let's be honest. We don't know when our economy is going to open up. We don't know what the world's going to look like in in six months. We don't know what the world's, world's going to look like next month. We don't know when there's going to be a cure. We don't know when there's going to be a vaccine. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. We can speculate. I like to read also about people who speculate. When are things going to change and what it's going to look like? We don't know. People have lost jobs. They don't know if they're going to have that job back or if they're going to be in a different employment. People who own businesses aren't sure how things are going to be. I've talked to some business owners that are doing extremely well right now because their world is around takeout orders and therefore it makes it easier because other people are closed but they're open and they wonder what's going to happen once the economy changes back. There's so much mystery about what the future holds that we don't know So we need Jesus to light our path, not to show us our destination, but to show us what's right in front of us. Show us what we need to do today. Show us where we, you and I, need to head today and the decisions we need to make today, the attitudes and the beliefs and the behaviors we need today. Jesus was declaring himself this spiritual light for our path. The psalmist in Psalm 119 talks about God's word being a lamp unto our feet. I think Jesus is picking up on that same metaphor here. 
this lamp unto my feet and this light unto our path so that we can see what's right in front of us, so we can see where the path is. Remember back when I was on Mount Talak? If I could have just physically, my friends and I had enough light so that we could have seen the path, we would not have gotten off the path. We didn't need to know the final destination. We would have been okay, but we got off the path. Jesus wants to keep us on a positive path in our life so that we can trust at each moment and be okay and pray and say, okay, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know what I can do today so we can learn to live one day at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time to be okay where we are right now because when we keep thinking about the future and everything out there that we have no control over, we're missing what's right here. Maybe what we need to do today is call our moms on the phone and say, happy Mother's Day. Maybe what we need to do is just say a kind word to somebody or a word of encouragement to someone. Maybe what we need to do today is take time and read our Bible and pray for someone. The question for us is not the destination always. A lot of times it's just, what's my path today? Jesus is that light. He keeps us from harm when we follow him because it reveals the things that need to change in our life, but he also just reveals the path right before us. And I encourage you that right now. Think about what you need to do today. What's Christ revealing to you today? And work on that and be content with that and be satisfied with that. So many times I've learned in my life that the big question in my life is not what I'm going to do a year from now or the goals and plans I have for five or ten years from now, but whether I will stay faithful to what I need to do today and be okay with that and live with that and be settled with that. And that's who Jesus is. The light that reveals our path. The light that comes right down like the, the, the torch or the lantern that the psalmist talked about held right down by our feet so we see where our next steps should go. And then, of course, the last thing we know about light, and Jesus as a light, is light penetrates darkness. Light penetrates darkness. We're told the light has come into darkness, and darkness could not overcome it. And that's what Jesus ultimately is, is he is a light to penetrate the darkness. In John chapter 3, there's a guy named Nicodemus, and he's a Pharisee, and he's got all kinds of concerns in his life, and he's got all kinds of questions and doubts, but he doesn't want anybody to know that. Here he's a faithful Jewish teacher, and he's really concerned that if other people know that he doubts, they're not going to come to him and, and talk to him and learn from him. And his whole livelihood in life depends on people thinking that he has confidence. And so what does John tell us? In the middle of the night, when it's totally dark, he sneaks in to see Jesus. He doesn't want anybody to know that he's coming to see him. And of course, Jesus starts to reveal to Nicodemus what needs to change in his life and the kind of spiritual birth that he needs to have as opposed to just thinking he can live his life according to the law. We all need to do that with things in our life because we hold things in our life that never see the light of day. We hold things in our life that we just don't want anybody else to know about and we're concerned that if they do or if we take a look at them, that somehow we're going to feel worse. But the truth is, the scripture teaches us that when the things in our life that need to see the light of day finally get to see the light of day, God can start doing his healing and God can start doing his work. 
when Regina and I and David and Todd all lived in Lincoln, Rhode Island at the Wesley United Methodist Church that I served for 10 years, we had a beautiful backyard, and at the very back of the backyard, there was one of these stone walls. It was the only time that I've been able to live in a place that had one of these real nice New England stone walls. The only problem was the stone wall right behind our property had all broken down over the years, and it needed to be fixed. So Regina and I went out, and we cut back weeds and dug around stuff and started to lift up rocks that were down on the ground and we literally rebuilt that stone wall and I discovered something when you lift up a rock that's been sitting in a field for quite a while there's a lot of ugly squirmy yucky things under those rocks when nothing sees the light of day it's just amazing the ugly little bugs that are under there it makes me think of what God wants to do in our life if Jesus truly is the light of this world, he wants to penetrate those areas of our life that we just don't want to take a look at. It could be fears, it could be doubts, it could be behaviors that need to change, it can be things that we feel ashamed of or feel embarrassed about, it could be problems in relationships, it could be financial things that we're just afraid to tell somebody about because we think it'll get worse, and the truth is, if we can learn to open ourselves up and trust Jesus and trust that he's the light of this world, that he also has solutions for every one of the problems in our life. And so when we start working on those, when we start working on the things in our life that need to be changed we're literally living the way God wants us to live so sometimes people will say well they're afraid to go to counseling because if they go to counseling they somehow are admitting that they're weak I would much prefer to say that when somebody has stuff that they need to deal with in their life and they go and they seek out somebody to talk to they're being the most spiritual that they can because they're allowing Christ to reveal things in their lives that need to be changed and need to be dealt with the same thing is in every part of our life Remember seeing a cartoon with Charlie Brown and Linus. And Charlie Brown turns to Linus and he says, you know, I never thought my dad was much of a mechanic. And Linus says, your dad knows how to work on cars? And he said, oh yeah, just yesterday we were driving down the road and there was a really bad noise from the engine. Linus said, what did your dad do? Charlie Brown said, he turned the radio up real loud so he couldn't hear it anymore. You see, that's not how God wants us to live our lives. Christ doesn't invite us to close down and shut down and live in areas of our life that we're afraid what's going to happen if I really take a look at it. Christ doesn't want you to live in life in which you think you have to have everything in the future, figure it out and have it all so that you know where everything is headed. Jesus is the light of this world. God, God himself, come to you and to me. On this Mother's Day, I know there's been women in our lives who have been that kind of light to us. They've helped us see the things that we need to change. A lot of times it's been our moms who could point out things to us that nobody else could point out. Or give us a path that maybe we were a kid and we didn't know how to do our homework and mom didn't do it for us, but sat down and showed us, revealed to us that we could do it. It's okay. You can take this on yourself. Or maybe we had a falling out with someone else and... In the process, it was our mom who was able to say, you know, it's not all their fault. You need to look at what you've done wrong, and we learn to make those changes. They've been a light to us, and that's the same kind of light that I invite you to let Jesus be. Megan said at the beginning of the service in her children's message that our moms can't always be with us and can't see everything that we go through, but Jesus can. 
He is the light of this world that we never have to walk in darkness. I invite you to live your life this way because this is the way that Christ wants us to live. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Mother's Day and an opportunity to honor those women and lives who are so important. We also pray that you would honor our own lives as we seek to let Christ be the light. Let us understand why the second person of the Trinity was a human being like you and like me, each of, each of us, like one of us, so that we might know how to live our lives. Let us trust in him and help us today and every day to let Christ illuminate our lives and illuminate our path and help us make the changes that need to be made. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.